So like it was like really vibey and groovy and I was like, all right, I'm about to come out with some boss ass bitch like Lizzo, crazy <laughs> women empowerment like shit. Yeah. And so I was like, people are either gonna love it or they're gonna be like, man, this bitch whack. And everybody loved it. So That's it worked great. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the 20 Podcast. After the club stories and before the club music prep with everything in between. This podcast is a weekly discussion about new releases, DJ experiences, and interviews with amazing people in the music industry. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Oh yeah, the 20 Podcast brought to you by BeatSource. It's the new digital music service for open format DJs. If you have not been on there yet, make sure you explore all the amazing music and the curated playlists on BeatSource.com. I know we missed last week. I was out on the road like crazy. I had the pleasure of DJing everywhere from Miami to Maui, Hawaii, like all over the place. Super dope. I'll catch you guys up on that later. Um, And I don't think I've slept for like a week, but that is all good. We're back. We're stronger than ever, and we have so much new music to play for you. We got double the amount because the 20 is popping right now. Um, And besides the music, I want to tell you about our guest, okay? On today's episode, we have a very unique and special guest, one of the most well-respected open-format DJs, as well as one of the top scratch turntablist DJs in the game. This person has toured and performed with some of your favorite artists and has always had a genuine, authentic approach to the DJ game, is what I think. Uh, She's a real one, basically, is what I'm saying, in all ways. She's also the first woman to grace our podcast so far on the 20 give it up for the amazing dj analyze there we go okay yeah, yeah, the yeah. crowd's cheering for you how do you feel i feel good man that just that made me feel really good i needed that validation right now well you deserve it <laughs> you're dope okay Thank you. oh they're still going oh wow they oh, love you they're whistling okay down, okay down. okay guys chill we got a podcast <laughs> to do so Thank you for coming on the 20. No we problem. really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? What's new? Uh, I'm great. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. You know, just same old, just practicing as much as I can, DJing as much as I can, still yeah. loving it, still loving the art, still loving the craft. That is great to hear, honestly. It's, yeah. uh With all the cynical DJs we have out there right now. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of them. There, there's a lot. And I've been there before, too. But of I think course. it's like you kind of, you know... Yeah. It's like hills and valleys. It is. Like it's built into <laughs> our DNA to be cynical, I think, as DJs. But and there is the hills and valleys, but you have to like find those things that bring you back into it, right? Exactly. Or just quit. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it, being out in LA, it's like every week there's some sort of DJ meetup. Like, yeah. I'm just like, man, another one. But then at the same time, I'm like, I leave those things like on a high. A hundred percent. Yeah. I have to like force myself to go sometimes. And then right. well, they always throw them right during traffic too. Oh my God. They're like, be there at 6.05. You're like, yo, what right, are you doing? Like, like, right like, in rush hour. And you yes. get there and you're all frazzled and it's like, oh, I've been sitting in the car for an hour and a half. And then you end up having yeah. like the best time. And you're like, man, that was so worth it. I know. There is just something <laughs> good about like meeting up with other DJs and just that energy. And like, I feel like probably comedians and chefs. And people have that. Like, they meet up to, like, you know what I've been going through. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice because, like, even I've lived in, like, every city possible. Right. So it's, like, every other city, like, you have your four or five DJ friends you talk to. And, like, yeah. that's about it. 
Yes. You guys get together and you talk a bunch of shit about the clubs that you work at and the people and the security right. and this, whatever other bullshit comes at working in clubs. Yeah. But it's like here, it's like this like camaraderie. It's like this group of like everybody you get together and it's like at each function there's like different people. So yeah. it's like this one's geared more towards this. This one's geared more towards that. And it's like right. it's hard not to stay, you know, like focused and like happy out here. I think for for me as a DJ because there's so much going on. That's true. How long have you been in LA? Uh, it'll be three years in January. Crazy. Yeah. And where were you? You were in Vegas right before that? Or no, no, I was in Toronto. Oh, why Vegas? What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn. So the weather's a big change too. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't miss that. Dope. All right. Well, we want to find out everything about you, um, past, present, and future. But as we do on the 20 podcast, we go over the 20 playlist. So the 20 is a curated playlist of the best new releases of the week on Beat Source. And each episode, we dive into the list. We talk about a few tracks we like. You can check out the full track list, um, the full 20 on BeatSource.com. We have all the stuff archived if you're listening to an older episode so let's get into it this is the 20 with dj spider presented by beat source that's right the 20 presented by beat source oh shit the song started playing already i didn't even mean to i'm on autoplay <laughs> so first song k tronada he, he somehow just dropped a dope album let's peep this track All right, so new K Trinata feeling Cali Uchis. I think that's how you say her name. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, 10% is the song. I don't know if they're talking about their booking agent or what, but um, <laughs> what do you think of this track? It's groovy. Yeah. I like it. It's got like a nice feel to it. Yeah, it's, it's got like... those disco kind of drums yeah. in the beginning. Mm hmm. And uh, I mean, K Trinata to me is just so dope. Like his music's so vibey and funky and right. just real, you know. Like right. And if you're you're playing a lot of lounge gigs, which happens a lot out here, yeah, that that'd be like a good, you know, kind totally. of start out loungy gig when you're bringing it up a little bit. Like that's for a sure. good that's a good vibe for that. Hell yeah, yeah. Like a uh, corporate party, loungy yep. gig, cool kind of crowd, you know. Yep. Super dope. It's like funky enough. Like, yeah. Yeah, that bass line. And then yeah. she's a really good singer. Um, dope. All right. Well, good good start off. I mean, he this album, he just dropped this whole album last week. There's a ton of tracks. It's so dope. I'm like, it's the very end of 2019. People have already done their recap. And mm -hmm. he's like, here you go. Boom. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pretty tight. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to the next track. A new Ozuna track. Uh, it says with Diddy and Snake. I don't know if the Diddy part is just the sample or what. Let's see. Okay. Take that, take that. Yeah, 
All right. So I don't exactly know what he's saying. We might need our homie Vlats to translate <laughs> here. But uh, Ozuna coming with it again. DJ Snake on the production. I assume that was some type of trade because Ozuna was on his album. Mm-hmm. And the Diddy sample. I don't know if Diddy's on here. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Oh, shit. I guess I need a girl again. Somebody again. I can give the world Part three. Again. <laughs> guess I need a girl again. This is bad boy, and you know that we ride forever. Necesito una niña, Sirac on Pina. We in Puerto Rico, una mom in Latina. Oh, even Diddy speaking Spanish. That's Damn. tight. Amazing. I wonder if they played this at his birthday this weekend. Probably. <laughs> uh, dope. What do you think of that? I mean, it's fresh. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, Ozuna can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, I know. I, Why is that? Like, his, his voice, flow, his flow. And I only understand, like, half. Like, I'm learning more. Yeah. So, like, obviously, being in Los Angeles, I've been learning Spanish. It's great. Right. Good. So now I'm like, oh, my God, this whole time I've been singing this, I didn't even know what the hell I was saying. But <laughs> that's, yeah, that's great. I would, that's definitely going to be played, because especially oh, yeah. out here, like, all we play, I play majority, I think, a lot of reggaeton and just Latin in general. Yep. So it's like... That'll get played for sure. For sure. And then that, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of DJ edits, edits from, from, from the old song to the new one. And yeah. Plus that sound from when that I Need a Girl track, I feel like is now big in the clubs again in a way. Oh like, yeah. There's like so many Moon Baton remixes and all the throwback is like yeah. out right now. And it's like, I mean, pretty much I feel like every track right now is something from the 90s. I know. Exact 90s or Everything. that early 2000s sound yeah. in a way. I know? wonder if our parents felt that way like when we were teenagers. Because <laughs> I feel like we're around the same age. Yeah. I think probably <laughs> like to a, a point, but I feel like the digital, the digital aspect of things has like amplified everything or like increased how much it is you know like right, right, right. like there'll be more of it like before it was maybe a tinge of it and now it's like everything every single yeah. song like the new Tory Lanez like right. everything that I hear yeah. now I'm like oh and the Tory Lanez is a pretty interesting story because he I guess he made trades with all of the artists on that whatever it's called a mixtape or mm-hmm. album that he did and he didn't have to pay for any of that stuff. I guess he made trades to be on all of their new songs if they would do his. Well, that's dope. And Tori clear all that. Dope, so. Yeah, I mean, I read an, an interview <laughs> with his management, and they were just saying it was one of the hardest processes ever Ugh. to clear all that, but it was worth it. You know, it came yeah. out really dope, and he's super dope. So um, nice. All right, let's yeah, move that's a good on. One. Yeah, that one's good. I could see that in like every different kind of spot. Yep. Um, let's see what's next. Okay, let's move on to some dance music. Diplo is coming out with tracks nonstop. They're all different and they're pretty much all good. Um, let's see. Got that DJ intro. I'll go past it a little bit. So it's Diplo and Side Piece called On My Mind. I'm going to get down to this little breakdown here. that 90s sound right yeah like garagey baseline like yeah that i can drivey, already like yeah. yeah i could think of like 10 songs i'd mix this with <laughs> like, yeah some 187 lockdown <laughs> yeah there's like so much <laughs> and then he added that like on the second breakdown is like 
that kind of Fisher style big sound when it kicks in. Like, oh, right. that's exactly what it reminds me of. Now that you yeah. say that, yeah, that Fisher. It's, it's like that mixed with like '90s like R&B yeah. that up tempo, like this part. The garage, yeah. Like that Chris Lake kind of sound. Yep. Pretty yep. dope. I don't know who side piece is, but uh, good job. Yeah, that's a tasty <laughs> one. I would play that for sure. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. So, you know, the 20, we got all kinds of music on there. Very open format. So let's move on. Little Uzi Vert dropped a song. No one expected him to. And he's also finishing out this decade. It's a crazy new song right here. Get some little dance online to it. Like a trance sample or something. <laughs> yeah, like the arpeggio. Like yeah. it's like uh, almost like trap. You know what? Like right. that festival trap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, but like yeah. turned back into like real trap hip hop. Yeah, because it's got him on it. I know. It's called Futsal Shuffle 2020. I don't know if that's like. Futsal is like indoor soccer. I don't know if that's what he's <laughs> yeah, talking about. I, I only know that because my son is obsessed with soccer and <laughs> the futsal spot. But um, pretty dope. I could see this being big in the club. And I saw it blowing up online. He was doing some dance to it at Rolling Loud. And oh, okay, on a TikTok. Yeah, People so love it. Exactly. Love this it. might be a TikTok uh, viral hit. Um, all right, we went through. Let's see. Let's get a couple more. There's so many different kinds that we missed last week. Uh, also, somehow we've played a song with the baby every single week. I think the people at Beat Source and I am obsessed with them. <laughs> this is Camila Cabello with the baby. Oh my, oh my. My mama doesn't trust him. He's only here for one thing, but so am I. Yeah. a little bit older. Okay, pretty dope. Let's hear the here. baby here. on this shorty, she don't be kissing on me. She came with you to live with me. I went up a point, let's call it even. Don't like the car, she ain't gonna end up buying her new game. That girl know what she wants, she make me take it off, she see me. She say I make a wet whenever my I feel like the baby can rap at any tempo Anything. whatsoever. Like he's like, this song's 62 BPM, this is 105, this is 120. Yeah. This, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. He's got that formula down. Like, it all kind of sounds the same, but it's dope. Yeah. And I <laughs> like, like her, like, yeah, exactly. Like, he it, just is yeah, dope. You're, yeah, you're just like, you're not like, oh, it sounds like him again. It's like, no, it's dope. Yep, exactly. It's like he Drake. It's it just, you just know it's going to be You're dope. right. You want to, like, be like, okay, I'm done with you, but you're not. But no. <laughs> and she's dope, too. Like, I yeah. like the production on her songs. Like, it sounds like old in a way. Like, mm -hmm. like a lot of her stuff sounds like samples, and it's just high-quality sound, and... And then girls like it, and it's like yeah. poppy and dancey enough, but it's cool enough that like everyone can like it. Pretty much every song I've heard of hers I like. So me too. Yeah, so she's another one. Where I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. I won't like that. It's pop. And then I'm like, this is so dope. Yeah, <laughs> I still can't stop playing that Senorita one. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, one. that one. That's a good corporate uh, song. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, this is this is really good too. Yeah, this one's dope. I know I played it at, at a kind of a corporate gig I had like a week ago and it worked pretty good. Nice. Um all right, let's go through a couple more. This one is someone I think we both have a connection with, um, in one way or another. 
Travis Barker. Oh, yeah. Featuring Lil Wayne, Rick Ross. All right, Lil Wayne, straight to the point. Also, this song is like less than two minutes long. Like, he goes right in. I was like, how long is this? I think That's it's That's that like, like Wayne, no chorus, like how Wayne used to Yeah, be and like. then Ross gets on. Exactly. He yeah. just goes right in. Yeah. But pretty dope. Like, I haven't heard Travis do a song like this in a minute. And uh, So he did the production on it? Is that? Yeah, it's his song. He did okay. all the production. Um, I think he has a new record label called DTA. I think okay. it stands for Don't Trust Anyone. Don't quote me on that. But uh, shout out to Travis. I know you've yeah. played with him. We'll talk about that in a bit. I've played with him too. And he's been on his production game like crazy. And DJ game. He's been doing a lot oh, too. Oh, I didn't even know he was Yeah, DJing. he DJs. Um, he's been practicing like a lot and doing a lot of gigs. So he's getting good at that too. He's try- basically taking over everything. Of course. <laughs> what are you doing to us, man? Um, no, but that yeah, that's dope. I could definitely hear that in the club. Um, all right, let's see. We had some some Caribbean tracks and like some Afrobeat tracks. Let's. Uh, That's up my alley. Let's. Uh, there's a Bungie Garland track called "The Sound." I did not hear. Check this. Sounds dope to me. Sounds very crossover. You can get away with that you yeah. know, in your dance hall crowd, and then you can kind of get away with it in, like, you know, just, like, normal. Yeah. It doesn't sound, like, cheesy, like, you know, and, like, he's, like, old school, so. Yeah. Dope. All right, one more. Cranium, who's, like, a new, I guess you call it new dance hall producer, but with Burna Boy. Out. Yeah, he's been out a while, Cranium. Yeah, he's been out a while, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's more from the new school, oh, I yeah, guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that sure. new dance hall sound. Yep. And then mixed with the Afrobeats, Burnaby, oh, yeah. Burna Boy, and Ty Dolla Sign on here. Okay, dope. I'm feeling this whole Afrobeats yeah. movement. I'm so into it. I love it. Um, dope. All right, good, good stuff right there. I think we should stop. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going. We had song. <laughs> we had Rich the Kid. We had Yellow Beezy. We had so much stuff. Starboy, French Montana. Oh, French Montana's new song with Sway Lee. Sounds like they're trying to do that uh, Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard this, yeah. Except they use the generic loop that everyone uses. <laughs> Sounds yeah, cool. I mean it's fresh. Sounds like everything else out there, though. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be unforgettable level. I hope, I hope for their sake, though. Um, all right, 
That sounds dope. And that was the 20 with DJ Spider. That is right. We made it through. Oh, you almost heard the beginning of the show again. Yo, thank you, BeatSource, for putting together the 20 playlist right there. A bunch of dope songs. We got through a bunch of them for you. And then now we're moving on to another amazing part where we get to hear about DJ Analyze. So as I told you before, she does so much stuff. She's not even only a DJ. I mean, she's a chef, right? Mm -hmm. There's things you're going to find out you had no idea. (laughs) And we're going to get into it. So give it up for DJ Analyze again. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. They're going crazy. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay. So thank you for coming in, DJ Analyze. Um, I know it is holiday season, so I'm glad you got to be here with us Mm -hmm. and you didn't have to, you're not back in your hometown yet. Are you going home for holidays? I'm not. I waited too long again to get flights. Oh, yeah. They are like like obnoxious. (laughs) I'm like, I could fly to Thailand twice for this price. It's crazy, right? (laughs) Than to go to New York for Christmas. And it's so weird. Yeah, like it's crazy. Sometimes I'll fly to Cleveland and it's like $900 and I'll go somewhere like else and it's a hundred bucks. You know, like Maui or something in the off season. Yeah, I was like obnoxious. Like, and I looked in October and they were like $1,200. My family is from like upstate New York. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, I'll I'll get a bunch of gigs. I'll like, get a bunch of gigs on the east coast and then i'll fly in and then just to get from there to uh i have a gig in san diego on the 28th yeah to get back on the 28th was 900 for a one-way i was like so whack it's like like, what do people do plus like we travel for djing and we can pick up gigs what about people that just want to go see their family i always i would like lose my mind yeah yeah, i was like all right i'll get a bunch of gigs up and down the east coast and that way it'll cover everything but even then i'm like 900 dollars for a (laughs) one-way like That's nuts. Yeah. All right. Well, screw you, airlines. That's what we got to say. Well, um, I saw you've been DJing like a bunch of holiday parties like on your your Insta story. (laughs) I saw you did the grinder holiday party. That was a trip, man. Yeah, we need to hear. Wait, so what was that like? Just tell us. Well, I actually did it. I did their 10-year anniversary over the summer, and that was a blast. And um, I mean, I played the entire Britney Spears back catalog. I played every Ariana (laughs) song possible, every Lady Gaga song. And that's, I went into it like that. I was like, I'm not going to come here and try to impress these guys. I'm going to play all the old stuff that they love. Right. And I played the originals. And like, I don't know if you go to a lot of like, you know, the, uh, the gay clubs, they play like the very tribal house remixes. So I was like, I'm not even, I'm not even touching a house remix. I'm going to play all the originals. Right. That's good. Why, what is the tribe? Why would they, I don't (laughs) know what it is. I've never understood it. Um, And is that like a common thing? Gay clubs like around the country do that or? All over the world. They, they and I, have I like the go to these remix. festivals. I used to live right in um in the village in Toronto, which is like the gay area, and it was like they'd have these festivals outside with you know the boys, and yeah. it was just all night long tribal house, and then it would break down. The chorus would be like whatever song's hot right now, and right. then go right back into that like hollow tribal beat. You know what I mean? And you're That's just so like interesting. I never understood. Maybe just because it keeps everybody on point and they're dancing. I, I, I guess, mean, I, but I mean. I don't know. I have <laughs> no idea. I never understood it. I mean, it's not all of yeah. them, but the majority no, that no, I've been I know to. You yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I'm not going to bring that vibe. So yeah, I well, came. you're a true DJ, too. Yeah. Like, you can mix You could mix all the different right. stuff together. So I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd done the one over the, uh, over the summer for them, their 10-year yeah. or whatever. And then, 
yeah, they, they hit me up like last minute, like a week before. And we're like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, sure. And I like walk in and it's it's at the Lombardi house. It's like beautiful inside. Where's that? In Hollywood? In Hollywood. And it was beautiful. And it's like they had an espresso espresso station. They had a s'more station. Like, I mean, it was, and I've done holiday parties like yeah. this month. I've probably done, this week I did four. Oh my God. I hadn't seen anything like this nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like everything nice and they had like the most beautiful boy dancers and <laughs> the crowd was just great like we went exactly until we couldn't play music anymore that's the best they danced the entire night that is the best that's yeah. the best feeling when it goes by that fast and you're not like looking at your watch like you know, yeah there's like, five people still here they won't leave it was to the point where i had to give my keys to the um the promoter yeah. and charged to move my car because valet was like leaving valet was leaving i was like hey can you move my car for me because i was like yo we're not gonna get a break <laughs> like that's amazing yeah it was really dope i mean there was champagne everywhere and like um yeah they had some really good drag queens like it was yeah. just dope it was dope was there like a, any performances or was it just you? yeah they had morgan mcmichaels from oh, okay. rupaul's drag race i'm not super familiar with a lot of them but me either uh Everybody was freaking out. They were like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, Amazing. it was fresh. Is that one of the craziest holiday parties you've done, like, to this day? Or yeah, because I've done, like, a lot of really ones? boring ones. Right. <laughs> I feel like the majority of them I've done, like, this I month know. have been just, like, half the time you're, like, background music for some of them. For sure. And, yeah, you can see the corporate culture sometimes, like, if the boss is like very serious, then the rest of the company will be all serious. Try, you know, like we're not going to dance too much. Or I think some of them don't really get to get out much. Right. So they're just like. Weird. They're like open bar. Like they're so just like taken yeah. back by like that and like everything else. That I know. Just... And we're used to it. Right. That's crazy. Um, what. um yeah i mean i've been doing tons of holiday parties too and like they're all over the place like for you know from how much fun the people are having like some of them are just like insane and then some of them are like okay and a lot of them i've noticed i don't know in the past few years and especially this year are in the daytime now yeah I think, they're, they're getting earlier yeah i think like it's something to do with like i don't know like sexual harassment stuff or something i, I don't, don't know, know. Yeah. i did one and they told me that was why they're like we had some problems with things at night so we just do a non-alcohol daytime one i'm like oh, oh my okay God. yeah i haven't seen that but they're i find them earlier like between the hours of like six to like 10 kind of thing now oh, as yeah. opposed to like I mean, they used to start at like 9 p.m and go till two so. exactly yeah i know i had ones that started like in the morning like early oh, like i had to bring coffee i'm like what's happening oh here? i did one of those for tom's last year Oh really? Yeah, and you're we did just a holiday like, uh, party. Like, how are you guys partying? Right it was now? like 1 p.m. Yeah, I think no, it started at noon. Too early. And then like some people were still working, and the rest were out partying. And they kept coming at me to like yell at me to like turn the music down. Yeah. But the people that were all dancing were and like they were raging. All they wanted was T Pain and Ashanti. It was so funny, and they were raging and they were so drunk. But they were like, um, I guess the people that worked like in the store. Yeah. So it wasn't the corp. So the corp people were like, bitch. I know you never know who to listen to. Right? right. They were like, bitch, we're going back to work. And the rest were like, we're going to rage. Right. So, yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, one of those situations where you're like, well, do I keep raging? <laughs> or do I, I know. Yeah. Or like the one random person's like, play this crazy song, you know, my neck and my back. And you're like, I don't know. Like your boss. Wanted well, me the play one I did the other Christmas night, music. this dude came up to me and was like, yo, I mean, it was like some construction company. Yeah. And everybody was really, nobody danced the entire time. Right. And this dude walked up to me. He's like, do you got any EDM? And I was like, bro, 
EDM right now, and I'm playing like, you know, your typical like yeah. funk and soul mixed with top 40 bullshit 80s. Yeah. Like, I'm like EDM right now, bro. Because people think you're like a magician that can just push a button <laughs> and it will change everything. Like I did a holiday party too and they were like, the boss is here but he's leaving soon and we need everyone to dance right now. And I'm like, you have all this stuff going on. People just walked in. There's food. There's a horn section playing. Like, right. I don't know. And then like the photographer comes up and he's like, play Avicii. You know, that's going to get him. I'm like, no. Like I'm playing James Brown right, right now. People exactly. are grooving. Like I'm playing some 80s songs. Like it doesn't work like that. You don't just play levels and everybody goes crazy. Yeah. You know? well, I did one last week where they literally were like, can you just turn the music off? And I was like, all right. Why am and I here? I was like, yeah, why am I here? And they were like, well, we're going to play Pictionary. And I was like, what the fuck kind of Christmas party is this? Like, yeah. you're going to play Pictionary? But all right. Yeah. Like, I go. Mean, you're paying me fine. Yeah, I know I did that me. too, where they kept being like, down a little bit. They give you that like face like, yeah. okay, just down a little bit. Down, down a little, little bit. bit. And then you're like, I was like, they looked at me and like, down a little bit. I'm like, I'm on zero. Like, right. there's no sound coming out. Literally. I don't know what, if you want me to turn the crowd down, but like, right. that's yeah, it. Exactly. You're <laughs> and like, they were throw like, a mix oh, on okay. and just stand there. That's And all the you event really planner's do. looking at me like, sorry. I'm like, I don't care. Just give yeah, me my check. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> I'm practicing in my headphones right Legit now. Legit yeah. scratching. <laughs> I did that. I did this thing on Wednesday and there was a band and it all went off time and like I had to sit there for like two and a half hours while they played and so I literally was just practicing scratching in my headphones like I think oh people God. are looking at me like what's this guy doing I'm like I'm trying to make use of I'll my do time that, or I'll like organize my Serato folders I did that <laughs> yeah, for a while I'll too I was like what else can I do otherwise I'm falling asleep or I don't right, know right right I was doing that once though this wasn't a corporate event or anything and yeah. I deleted something and it was the oh, file no. playing oh no <laughs> yeah and I was like whoa thank God for control Z <laughs> But it you if you delete it out of your Serato, will it stop playing? Yeah, but I think I had I must have had something else loaded in the right. other side because I caught it quick because oh I was like, what? Uh. Yeah, but yeah, thank God for the Control Z. Like once yeah. someone showed me that, I was like, oh god. Yeah. You like load the wrong thing. Yeah. Not good, DJ. All you DJs know what's up with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, I was saying before you're like a true open format scratch DJ. You come from. You know, I feel like we're, we're cut from the same cloth in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, we both probably came up with a lot of the same DJ idols from the scratch stuff to the open format to you were even from like dance music, like rave kind of stuff, oh, too, I, right? I was all rave. And like, <laughs> That's how I started. Like, me too. And like drum and bass and like yep. that kind of stuff. I remember talking to you about that a long time yeah. ago. Um, so, yeah, we, I think we have very similar paths in mm -hmm. the DJ game. Um, do you like oh well so i wanted to ask you i've been talking to a lot of the guests about like their first dj gig like do you remember your actual first dj it gig it was a nightmare oh my god okay so how what was it like how did you get it first of all how, how did you even end up so i mean you know growing up in the 90s uh yeah like djing then was something totally different than what djing is now and yes. it's not that i'm better than anybody or this or that it was just different it yeah was, very much like nobody wanted to give away their secrets. Nobody wanted to tell you how to match beats. Right. I didn't even know what matching beats was. You know what I mean? Yep. So it was like you would kind of get like bits and pieces. There was no YouTube. There was no DJ schools. Right. There was none of that shit. There was VHS tapes. Right. <laughs> that and like you could see. But I remember watching Scratch the movie and like Z Trip showing that he put the BPMs. He would count the BPMs and put stickers yeah. on every record. And I never thought of that before. Yeah. You know? No. Like. I just I didn't even know about any of that stuff. So 
you know, and I'm from New York where it was very much like put labels on your record. You don't want people to know what you're playing. Right, don't share. Secret. Like yeah. everything was a secret. That's the culture. Yeah. So I came up in like that. And so obviously my first gig was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so there was like this kid, this local guy. <laughs> I used to go by the name. I can't remember what his DJ name was now. Oh, no, it was uh-huh. And uh, he would like put out these mixtapes of like straight train wrecks. And everybody would always be like, don't be a DJ. Uh-huh. So I was always like super scared so i was like all right i want to make sure like i'm perfect first time i dj out so i was djing for about a year at that point but just only like house parties and stuff like that and i happened to be buying records one day and this this local promoter saw me and was like oh you dj i was like no i like didn't want any i was like so scared you know because back then if if you train wrecked back then people talked about that for months they'd be (laughs) like remember that time you fucked up at that party like it was like one of those things. So it was yeah. like traumatizing. Oh yeah. So I was like terrified, and this guy was just like, "Yo, we're gonna, we're gonna book you." He's like, "Next Thursday, you're on." And I was like, "Oh my god, I can't do it! I can't do it! I can't do it!" But then part of me was like, "Okay, maybe you, maybe you can." So he was like, "No, we're gonna put you on like nine to nine thirty. And this is back when parties used to go off, like a Thursday night party be packed from ten p.m. till two a.m. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was like two thousand or two thousand one. It was a wa- quite some time ago, and um. Yeah, so I went up, I did it. Nice. <laughs> and I remember getting there and the place was packed. And he's like, no one's ever there at 9 9.30. And it was packed because everybody knew me. Like I used to like dance. So everybody kind of knew me as like raver dancing Anna. And then they were like, raver dancers DJing. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> and they, there was at least 60 people there. And this is in Rochester? Yeah. And I think I was playing like, I was playing house music at the time, house and like breaks. Uh-huh. And yeah, I I came in and I ended up like slaying it. And then like, yes. I remember just being so nervous. I don't think I slept for the week prior. <laughs> like, I was so nervous. I'm sure. And then the best part about that was that after I got done, we went to like another club and the owner, um, they were closed, but he opened up for everybody there. And we had like a little after hours. I was nine, I don't even know, maybe 19? Yeah. I don't even know. I definitely wasn't of age. Right. And uh <laughs> We go and we were all like, he let us like play on the, the tables there because back then it was like records, you know? Yep. And we, uh, yeah, we get on the decks there and then he was like, hey, I need a new resident DJs for Friday. Do you want to be my resident? So like it all wow. happened like that quick. And I was like. <gasps> that's crazy. So and like like that, boom, like I got a phone call and I was now like a resident DJ. That's amazing. Imagine if you would have said no and been too scared too, you know? Right. <laughs> but I think I was on like still such a high. Right. From like, you know. But even if you said no to the initial gig, I mean, you know, when you were like, right. I don't know if I can do this. It's like, right. that's that, that crossroads or that turning point that people have, you know, you're like. I don't want to take advantage of this, you know, but then you do something out of your comfort zone and then endless things happen that you would never predict. Right. So, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, man. Like it just all happened that quick. And then it just like kept snowballing getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So So it wasn't that much of a nightmare. You were saying it was bad or no? Well, it was bad, I guess, just like leading Leading up to it. Because like, like I said, like I can remember just like practicing and practicing. And I guess, you know. Another thing, like I had, when I had first learned how to beat match, this is hysterical. Yeah. Back then, the old like Gemini mixers, because that's what I had. Right. Uh, it had this like these flashing lights on it that were like beat match. Oh yes, you I know what I'm talking that. about. They would try to go to the beat. What What was your first setup? It was just old oh, Gemini XL five hundreds and like a DJ the Scratch Master <laughs> yeah. mixer. You know, like right. ghetto. Um, 
But like, I didn't know any better. You yeah. know what I mean? Of and course. Like, no, you have to start like that. Right. And then everybody would like pick on me and be like, oh, you know, like you play on shit gear and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So I was always like kind of nervous because of that right. too. So then. Um, so what? They're beeping the blinking lights. Yeah. So then when I like, I remember like going out and I remember going to see like a couple DJs before I went to play. I was like, where are the lights? And they were like, what lights? And I was like, the lights on the mixer. And then I was like, oh, shit. And I realized only my mixer had that because I had had so like the 626 funny. at that time, yeah. the Gemini. And <laughs> so then I remember like having to like kind of like relearn how to like match beats by right. ear. There was no waveforms. There That's was no crazy. watching waveforms right. then. That's probably what CDJ people encounter, you know, and like, oh, there's no BPM or it's not synced up, you know. Right, right. It's like a similar thing. Yeah, so... And I can relate in the sense I had this like Newmark mixer that you could use the crossfader or for some reason they would have a button on each side of the crossfader where you could use that to do like that transform oh, sound. I totally know what you're talking and about. And so I got good at using that button for like the year or two that I had that mixer. And I was like, yo, I can make all the sounds like Qbert's doing and stuff by hitting the button really fast with my two fingers. And then, but then the problem is I would go to a spot with a normal mixer and I was like, oh, I can't do it yet with the crossfader. Yep, and yep. I hadn't been practicing. So I was like, oh no. So I remember going back like, okay, I can't use that button anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to walk in the spot and I look like an idiot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I need to learn. Or the transform data. switch. They used to do it with the switch. Oh, that switch. Well, because DJ Premier sort of made that sound famous. Even the little scratchy dust you'd hear in there. Like, yeah. But it sounded dope at the time because it would be inside of like Gangstar Records or, right. you know, yeah. like the scratches. So exactly. I learned on that, you know, right. to do it. It's so the, funny. Then I realized, oh, these guys are, you know, are using the faders. And then right. the hamster yep. mode. I'm like, how do they even do that? But yeah, that's that's crazy when I watch still to this day with Hamster. I mean, my, it makes sense because back then, you know, yeah. they only had the up faders, but... Right, but I can't, my brain doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, when I first started learning, I started Hamster. Really? And uh, I remember, like, I was hanging out with uh, Kill the Noise and um, Codes because they're from my hometown. They're from Rochester, huh? Kill the Noise is actually, he used to be really dope at scratching. He's actually one who started teaching me how to scratch. Crazy. I don't even know. I, I didn't don't... realize that. I, I yeah, he was bonded like... with him on some drum and bass stuff like a long time ago, probably yeah. a little over 10 years ago. We were in a basement in Dallas one night, like late <laughs> at night, me, him, and Treasure Fingers, and oh, this guy Parker at this club suite, and we all started talking about drum and bass and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was... Uh, he was like who I learned from. Really? And, That's crazy. Because like, you know, before you really know the difference between off and on fader scratches and yeah. all that, you're just transforming. You don't know what you're doing. Exactly. So, yeah. And I remember like we did like a, a night together. It was like half drum and bass, half UK uh, garage. Oh, wow. Garage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> garage. And yeah. And he was just, he saw me like trying to learn and him and codes, you know, they like took me aside and like showed me a couple scratches That's and stuff. Dope. But yeah. That's super dope. Um, amazing. All right, cool. Yeah, all of our guests have had crazy setups. Like some of them, depending on how old they are, like have used tape players or had the old setup like us or, uh, yeah. you know, used Windows Media Player mixing into iTunes. That's <laughs> like crazy. random things. I definitely did like the mixtape thing with the, uh, I used to make the music, the tapes with, uh, so I would make, um, my sister was a cheerleader and I would make all their cheerleading music for them. Oh, wow. And I would like record the song on the radio and then do this and do intros and that. So That's I was, so cool. Since I was in high school, pretty much, yeah. And when you were doing that, did you have an idea that you wanted to be a DJ or were you like, I'm just doing this for my sister? I knew I always liked it. Yeah. You know, and I was always fascinated by it. I remember going to like some concert and seeing like Limp Bizkit and um, 
who was their DJ at the time? I can't remember, but he was like one of the bigger I DJs of the DJ 90s. DJ Lethal? Was uh, it? Yeah, I think I don't so. Know, maybe. And I remember watching him and just being, I didn't even care about like the, the band. I was just right. like, what is that guy doing? I yeah. was so confused by it. I know. Would you, did you see it at raves and stuff too? Or were you just kind of in the dancing music mode? Uh, you would see some of it because like in New York, they always mix hip hop in. Right. You know, it'd be like a rave, but then there was always a hip hop in German bass room. Same always, here. So. Yeah. yeah. So you would see some of it, but it just, I was like always fascinated by it and wanted to know more, but it just didn't make sense. Like I said, there was no going online to like Google it and like learn it. There's no Google then. Oh, none of it. I know. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard to even just make a friend, a DJ friend that would show you anything. Well, like especially back then because it was biting. Right. You know, like. Exactly. It was cruise and hardcore. And yeah. You have to be cool and that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, crazy. And so you, w- was there any sort of song like f- that, like when you first started DJing, you're like, I want to get this on record and play it for people or like that got you into that at all? Or? Oh my God. It was a lot of the, the, the garage music really. Yeah. Cause I, I started in 99 and, um. I was like really big into like, well, trance was really big at the time, yeah. but like I got into like Speed Garage and UK Garage and right. fucking like, it was so hard to find that because it was like a UK sound. Right. So, I mean, I don't even know any Artful Dodger or any of that kind of stuff. Like it was 187 Lockdown, yeah. Teardrops, um, you know, and it was one of those things that I could go to, I could go to Satellite Records back in the day and dig in like the used records and find them. Or I would go to Chicago. Right. And I would find like, you know, all the Medicine Avenue and like all those kind of tracks. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, there's too many to name. Back then it was like anything every DJ played and, you, you know, there was no yeah. Shazam. You're running up to the DJ booth. You're like, please tell me what it is. Please don't have labels on your records. Oh, I know. You know? It was so hard to find anything out. And then you'd go to the music store and have to deal with the meanest people in the world. Oh, they were bastards. <laughs> I worked at one of them and I was so opposite and like, yeah, but then we would get people in there too that were assholes and be like, oh, that, that record came out last month. Oh, you got this again, you know, like. Yeah, there's a certain like level <laughs> of snobbiness that record stores are, attract for some reason. Yeah, yeah, but I would always like, you know, I would see the other buyers because I would buy for like the breaks and garage at the store. It was called Sky High, and um, I would buy, you know, if I knew a song was hot, I'd buy four or five of them. But the other DJs would be like, no, I'm only buying two. I don't want anyone else having this song. And I'm like, but it's a fucking dope song. Like, <laughs> damn, you'd buy five, five of, oh, for, not for yourself. Not me, but I'd store. buy them for the store. Oh, it's a okay. small store. It's Rochester, right. you know, but yeah. like, I'd make sure like there was enough that my crew would get them. Like my homies yeah. would get them. And I'd be like, guys, I got this for you, you know, right. or, and stuff like that. I know. It was like the shoe game now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. You got to have the plug. Yeah. Um, and then did you have, like, I heard about, like, you had a re- your first residency out there wh- called Club Vibes. Was Club that in Vibes, Rochester? yeah, it was in Rochester. And so what was that? Was that similar to your first set that you had? You were still playing breaks and stuff like that? It was like a mix of, like, breaks, house, like, because, you know, at the time it was called Funky House. but um, Right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah like, it was a lot of, like, Chicago house, um and disco house and stuff like that was really popular at the time. So yeah, it was like a mix of all that. And then I would throw in the the garage stuff with it because everybody knew that. Yeah. You know, mixed with like, I, even back then I was doing, I was playing like remixes. I remember because it was like, a, it was kind of like a top 40 club that played dance music. Okay. So I mean, you know, yeah, back then I was definitely doing Right. That. No, you had to learn how to 
please both sides. Rock a of crowd it. back yeah. then, yeah. And on vinyl, you know. Right. You can't just go, oh, it's not working. I'm typing this in. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy. And then so now you have residencies. Um, I mean, I, I know you travel the world, but you have yeah. some stuff in L.A., right? Something called Fanny Pack. I have Fanny Pack. Yeah, that one's great. All right. And that's with Tracy. <laughs> Tracy and, P. Uh, Rye Toast. Rye right? Toast, yeah. Um, and they were doing it at the Mayfair Hotel yep. for a while. Are you still doing it there? or is it Yeah, we're taking a bit of a break right now. Um, probably be back you know, early next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ran it for like a year and like Tracy's like really big in like the scratch community and the right. tables community. She manages Jay Espinosa. She, you know, worked for Qbert for or Thud Rumble for years. Like she knows any and everyone. So yeah, she's we were getting dope. in like some of the dopest talent. Like I was like, oh my God, this is insane. Right. Um, yeah, I came by. I don't know if it was a fanny pack, but I've come to a few of her parties where Cut oh, Chemist and Newmark. And, oh, yeah. I mean, just some of my idols. I just got to stand there super yeah. close watching them. Like, I forgot. Wow. What was it? She had, we had Miles Medina one night, and this guy just starts talking to me, and we're talking afterwards, and he's like, I really like your set, blah, blah, blah. And then I find out it's like Fat Lip, and I'm just like, what the? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just... You know, you could see like celebrities and stuff like that here. That's cool. It's like whatever. But it's like when you meet these people, like you've been listening to their music for years. Exactly. I was listening totally. to you in high school. You know, yeah. like I searched to find your acapella. Like, exactly. And so, I'm talking to you. Yeah. So like that's really cool. I just, I had done Scratch Bastards Barbecue a few weeks ago too. And I met so many people there. The same kind of thing. Same kind of vibe. Not to like Oh, that was off. crazy. No, no. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to say oh. like you had a really dope set at Bastard's Barbecue. I people played one were of talk- your tracks. Oh, thank you. Yes. I did. <laughs> I did. I did like a word play. I can't remember it right now, but it was with the We Fly High one. Oh, tight. Yeah. Oh, because I did uh, uh, what was the Big Timers. Oh, okay. Still fly, and yes. then I went into fly high. Yeah. Nice. I can hear that in my head. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. People were saying you absolutely killed it. I saw videos. From- Man, I was like practicing my set up until like literally I got in the Uber to leave because like it was one of those weeks where it was like double gigs all week. Right. I was like, man, I don't have time to put together anything. And then I was like, all right, fuck this. Started just putting together something like day of, and then I got there and just. That's great. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Sometimes you have the best sets like that. I know I'll be stressing out, like, oh, I'm putting yeah. do over, but I have all these other crazy different things before it. And like, yeah. I want to practice. I want to be impressive. I want to have this. I want to like represent yeah. myself well, you know, but you don't have that much time. But then as long as you just kind of like get your stuff together and. As long as you start off good, you give yourself that good beginning. Exactly. Like the first five, ten minutes, yeah. if I'm good there, I'll figure out Then the you're rest. going. But it's like if you're unprepared in the first five minutes, that will fuck up your whole set whole for the set. rest of the time. Whole set. And um, yeah, it like the guy before me, he was great, but he was playing like um, really chill, funky, kind of like all the songs that they sampled everything from. Yeah. Like, you know, like Crazy in Love, like the Beyonce stuff and, you know. But all the biggie stuff that was sampled. And like yeah. for me, it's like exciting to hear that because like I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that was a sample. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh I man. Know. I didn't even know. So like it was like really vibey and groovy. And I was like, all right, I'm about to come out with some boss ass bitch, like Lizzo, crazy <laughs> women empowerment like shit. Yeah. And so I was like, people are either gonna love it or they're gonna be like, man, this bitch whack. And everybody loved it. So That's it worked great. out. Yeah. That's the way I approach sets too. Either you're going to love this or you're going to hate me, but I'm going to feel good that I did it because right. I'm sticking to my guns and doing well, what I want to do. Well, especially like that's a very niche crowd and like they're yes. not, they're not a very top 40 crowd. And I'm no. a little bit more on the top 40 side of things, just kind of how it happened. You know, yeah. With years of having to play this shit, we have to play. Of course. So it's like, it's rare when somebody says the words, 
just do you. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean anymore? I like, know, isn't that funny? Like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have been like, okay, boom, I got yeah, this. I got and then this. now I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? I do a different thing every night. You yeah. know, I have to like sit and think, okay, what do I want to do at this? You know? Yeah, and that's kind of where I was at. Like when I was trying to figure out what to play, I was like, do me. What? I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and I kind of like thought about it. And I was like, a lot of me is like, I love, you know, I love Latin and I love Afrobeat and just the Caribbean kind of sound and yep. all that. So I was just like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> and like speaking of that, like loving Latin stuff and Afrobeat and, and different kind of stuff. Um, when you travel, like, do you adjust your sets like by the region oh you're you have in, to or, yeah like especially here i think los angeles is like the worst they're <laughs> like 10 years behind on music it's like people <laughs> here just want to hear throwback they don't want to hear a new song and it's like no matter what venues i play it's just like you'll play a couple new songs and they're like uh, can you just play dance for me you know what i mean or right. can you play peaches and cream can you like that they want and they when they hear it, it's like the first time they heard that fucking I song. I find like this, uh, I say this to everybody, DJing in Los Angeles is like, <laughs> your opening set on the East Coast is your like headliner slet, like, yes. set here. Yeah, you're right. It's like they just love throwback here. I know. And like you're saying with those songs, my opener set from 10 years ago is now what a lot of the people are doing in their primetime set. Bro. You know, see, you're on the same page as me. So it's like we grew up listening to these songs. And then in like the early 2000s, we bought these songs and then mashup. Yeah. Like when we met, like at that time, yep. we were bringing them back again. It's so like a song like Old Dirty Bastard, you know, like any of those this is now like the fifth time I'm playing them. <laughs> like, right. people, like I haven't the fifth, stopped. Like, iteration of like, okay, now you guys are this old. Uh, yeah, it's like you don't, or like this is how we do it. You know, and every oh DJ, it's the bane of every DJ's existence. Right. But we know it works. So it's like sometimes you have to do it. But it's like at the same time, you're just like, man, you don't understand. I listened to this when I was in high school. Like, I know. You know. Or junior high, whatever it was. Like, so it's like. <laughs> well, some of it too, the 90s, like the mid 2000s or late 90s, I'm like, I hated this music <laughs> like, yeah. at the time. Like, I would never listen to this. Oh, and my God, yeah. Now it's like, all right, I'll figure out some ironic way to play it, yeah. I guess. Or people just love it. Let's go. Yeah, I, like, hated Nelly, and now I'm like, dude, Nelly was dope. Like, I know. What? It's so funny how it goes. Well, also, like, we're there to make people happy, so if songs are going to make them happy, it totally. changes well, they make your me perception. Happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. me too. So now you're like, whoa, I get it. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, and also you've toured with people as well, mm -hmm. right? Like as a tour DJ, you toured with DJ Quick. Yep. Um, who else? Uh, I did Lady Sovereign. Oh my God. I love <laughs> yeah. her. She's she's not around anymore. No, I, I see lately she's been poking around like social media again. So maybe she's like getting right. her feet back like again. Like, yeah. I don't Man, know. I used to play her tracks all the time yeah. and I would mix them in. She had dope tracks that I could mix in to mainstream popular stuff but yeah. people would still keep dancing and i could figure out a way to well she had Sean dr luke behind her so it's like you know what i mean oh, he was okay. like you know i didn't realize that yeah he did love me or hate me oh so okay. you know that guy's like oh, that makes sense it sounds kind of like i guess he's done everybody from kesha like, song or something. yeah kesha in sync like he's done every artist yeah flow rider so oh, forever yeah. yeah yeah so he's he was like a guitar player on saturday night live or something before all that i think something like that yeah yeah crazy so you toured with her all over the place yeah i was off and on with her for like five years wow so it was dope like we were everywhere all over europe all over australia 
That's like, amazing. We were in her label at the time. She wasn't on Def Jam anymore. She was on like, I think it was EMU maybe, maybe not. But they were out of Sweden. So we were always up in like Sweden, Scandinavia. Like, wow. So that was really cool. I got to see like that whole part of the world. You know? How did you meet her or get involved with just being a tour DJ? I was a fan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally a fangirl and I just got off tour DJ quick which was a random gig that I got. And, and that was, you went on tour, like a bunch of shows with them? Uh, it was just like a West Coast tour. I think it was okay. like eight or nine dates. Right. That was hysterical. I'll get that real quick. That was yeah, like- Yeah, what was that like? I got a call from this guy from Rochester that's now a producer. Well, he was a producer in the 90s. He worked with like Missy Elliott and um, Timberland when they recorded in Rochester in the Crazy. 90s. And then he saw me on like, God, I think it was MySpace maybe right back then. And he was like, yo, you're from my hometown. You're so dope. You're so dope. This guy, Rome. And then he was like, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to hook you up. And I just thought it was somebody like bantering, like bullshit. Yeah. And then I get a call one day and it's like, yo, this is Rome. And I was like, fuck is Rome? You know? And then I was like, <laughs> oh shit, the guy from the internet. And then he was like, DJ Quick needs a DJ. I was like, who the fuck is DJ Quick? I'm from the East Coast. We don't <laughs> oh, know who DJ Quick is. That's like, crazy. I, don't know. I was like, I don't know. why does a DJ need a DJ? So that's amazing. I was gonna say he's a DJ too. So I wonder yeah. if that like so affects your I knew performance or nerves. It's actually good you didn't even know who he was. Not a damn thing. It and just so helps. Probably you're not as nervous. They literally flew me out the next day, and we were on a tour bus the day after that. Like I didn't know any of his music. They weren't like. You know, this was before you could just, like, go on iTunes and buy right. and listen to stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like... Growing up here, I mean, he's a West Coast legend. Oh, he's a... And we would hear I learned that once I got yeah. here. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I, like, came out here in, like, our first session. We had one session we were supposed to practice, and then we were literally getting on the tour bus. They, we sat, drank Henny, and played dominoes. We didn't do shit and smoked a lot of <laughs> at weed. The, at the practice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they just loaded all the that's, music. That's on my... a good practice. He's like, this is what we're about to do on the tour. Yeah, so get and ready. they just like loaded a bunch of songs on my computer. I was using Tractor back then. It was before yeah. I was even on Serato. Oh my God. And uh, like I was on a gateway. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't even have a Mac then. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, like uh, we got on a tour bus and we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like handed me this like... Uh, this sampler, I can't even remember the name of it. it. Was the one all the all the artists were using at the time, and like, right? I didn't in, even know what I was doing. Thing? Instant replay, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like that song. There was no set list. There was nothing. I was like, that song looks good right now. That's crazy. And that's how it went. But then you know, after like four or five gigs, they're like, all right, we got to get some sort of structure. I was like, I need to know what songs I'm playing, right? Because it's then crazy sometimes that he didn't care. No, <laughs> no, and it was like really confusing because like. He didn't want to go XLR, or he didn't want to go into a DI box, so we had to go XLR out for all my DJ nerds. And so in order to turn the volume down on an instant replay, like I couldn't plug it into a mixer and just do that. You have to go into settings, you have to find volume, and then you have to, you know. Oh, shit. And none of the songs were mastered at the same level, so then he'd be like, turn it up, turn it up, DJ. Come on, DJ. Turn and by then, by the time I'm getting there, oh, it's like, you're you like, know, 30s. You're bringing shift left. <laughs> yeah, I'm like hitting everything. My hands are shaking. So it was, uh, it was quite the learning experience. Wow. Um, but yeah, long story longer, I was supposed to go to the Lady Sovereign show in Los Angeles and I missed it because I was on tour with him and because I was out here visiting mm -hmm. and uh, or I bought tickets. So I was going to come out here and because um, I was a fan. Yeah. And then a friend of mine, Reed Speed, I don't know if you remember her. Oh, of course. Yeah. She was like, hey. Shout out to Reed Speed. She's legendary yeah. drum and bass. Yeah. She, uh, DJ. she was like, one of my friends in New York is throwing an after party. It was when Sovereign was on tour with the streets. 
And um, she's like, she's throwing an after party with Lady Sovereign. Come to New York. She's like, come tomorrow. I'll get you into this after party and you can meet her and all that. And I was like, I have to be this girl's DJ. I was just like, I'm going to do it. I literally got off. Well, I was, wasn't home for like six or seven weeks. Bought a direct flight to New York. Big old suitcase. All my shit. And like just kind of crashed at a friend's house. And uh, I crashed at Reed's. And we went to this party. And I met Sovereign. And I was drunk as shit. And just jumped on stage at this after hours or after party she was playing and just like pushed her DJ out of the way, got up there and started scratching. That's the best. And Def Jam came up to me and was like, who the fuck are you? They were like, who are you? We need you right now. And like, I don't know how or why I got the guts to just do it that night. Or That's what. so great. That's was, amazing. That yeah. just shows like put your <laughs> mind to something and do it. Don't overthink it. Yeah, because I'm I'm kind of a little bit of an introvert. So for me to just like right. throw myself up there, but yeah. I just come off the Jimmy Kimmel thing too. So I was on a high from that. So that's so dope. And the Jimmy Kimmel thing. So what was that? That was you You played with Travis Barker and Be Real. Well, Quick was supposed to perform. So our last show was um, it was at House of Blues and, you know, sold out House of Blues show, DJ Quick, Los yeah. Angeles, right. like whatever. Um, yeah, and then the next strip. morning we were supposed to do Fandango on Jimmy Kimmel with Be Real and Travis Barker. Well, we all got to the studio at what, whatever time you have to be there and everybody was there except for Quick and his manager. Everybody, all our security, all our people. And we were like, well, where's Quick? Where's Quick? And nobody knew where Quick was. And... um so they were like, well, what are you going to do? Like, the show's got to start. Yeah. So Be Real had somebody bring over his instant replay. And um, Travis was already there, too. So they, they were like, all right, let's do this. And we just performed um, Insane in the Membrane and Kill a Man, which is crazy because I grew up on those songs. Yeah, that's amazing. So they were like, we're just going to do this. We'll just perform. Because they had no uh, artist. Did, did what happened? Like, did DJ Quick just forget? No, so he had had a court appearance that morning, oh. and apparently he had to go to jail for some some shit. Oh shit! So he was literally like in jail, so he couldn't show up. <laughs> but I don't think they wanted the press to know or anything right, right, because right. it was like airing that night. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, thankfully, and be real. Why was be real there? Because they were supposed to perform Fandango. Oh, and he's on the song, yeah. and Travis was coming to do the drums, drums on, on it. it. So it was like them doing that, and then Travis on the drums. Crazy. So it was just like, well, what are we going to do? And then um, it was cool, though, because like B-Real's DJ, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he was just like, you can do it, you can DJ. And he like, let me do it. Like It was really nice of him, because he could have been like, nah, bitch, move, you know? Yeah. Like, but you're was, Quicks DJ. I got this. Yeah, like, oh, I got this. Especially, like, around that time. This was, like, 2006. You know, like, no, I got this little man yeah. do this job. You know what I mean? Exactly. Kind of how it used to be a lot back then. But he was like, no. Pioneer hooked it up. They gave me, like, a bunch of gear for it, too. So That's so dope. Got to keep all the gear. So, yeah, I was, like, on a high. And then I was, like, getting on an airplane and going to New York. And then I go and I, as soon as we walk in this after hours, like, there's Lady Sovereign. And the like, next day after the Jimmy Kimmel? The next Kimmel. day. <laughs> and I'm literally like sitting in like the green room with her. And I'm like, holy shit. That's I, amazing. I, That's like dominoes. Things just like yeah. happening into the next, into the next. Into the next, into the next. And then, yeah, I met her. And um, she like thought I was great and stuff. And then I just had that. I don't know. I had that confidence, man. Yeah. That liquid courage. Right. That adrenaline. Yeah. And I just literally jumped on stage and just started scratching. And her DJ was really cool, too. Same thing. I'm like, man, I would have been like, bitch, get off the stage. Who right. are you? Yeah, exactly. 
But, but no. I think if they could tell you're dope after like five seconds, they're like, wait a second. Let's, right. You know, right, like right. you could tell if some's just some annoying whack person, you know. Yeah. They just like let me get up there and start scratching and then just like. So then that happened. Long story ever. No, it's all good. That's what um, we're here for. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like her DJ. So I guess she stuck with that DJ for a while. And then. Uh-huh. Something happened where he like lost his passport, and they were performing on M- back in the day MTV TRL New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, and this was going into 2007, and um, I got a phone call, and I had already had a New Year. I mean, it's New Year's, dude, and I already had a New Year's gig contract signed and everything. And they're like, "Can you make it to New York by tomorrow?" And I was upstate, so it's only like a six-hour drive. It wasn't too bad, right? But yeah. um, I didn't even have a car at the time, so I was like, because I was traveling, so I was just like, "Oh my god." How the hell am I going to get down to New York? So I bought a flight, got down there, and next thing I know, I'm like on MTV. That's <laughs> like, so dope. And you end up DJing for her in Times Square on in MTV. In Times Square. Yep. On New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. And you know what I did? Play- I pressed the space bar and the song played because they had a playback. And then, like, obviously, I added in some like scratches, scratches and stuff, yeah. but it was like. It was the coolest thing ever. That's amazing. You know, so it was like me jumping on stage that night led to that. And then um, then they ended up using him for the Gwen tour, which sucked because they like. Why? Because she opened for Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Ah. And they were like, you know, they were like, we're going to use you. We're going to use you. We're going to use you. And then I just didn't hear from them for a couple weeks. And then I saw they ended up using him. Um, so that kind of sucked because that would have been a fun tour to yeah, be on. For sure. But I mean, it didn't matter because then after that, she they used me for everything else after that. So, so cool. that was like, you know, and we were doing like massive festivals all over Europe, like Leeds and um, all the open air festivals in Germany and like some pretty dope events. Like I got to see like in one summer I saw like Radiohead and I got to see, um, you know, uh, Basement Jacks, like artists I would never see in the United States. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was like. It was fresh. We're like sharing stages with these like pretty dope artists. Yeah, that's so dope. I got to meet Pharrell amazing and he's like he was like a huge fan of sovereign so he we like hung out with him like the whole night and that was another one of those moments i was like whoa what is happening and he like sat backstage and like watched our entire set and i was like dude what is going on crazy where was that uh that was in switzerland oh wow yeah so it was like it was really cool i got to you know it was a great experience to do that too yeah that's dope do you miss touring with artists like that or are you kind of happy where you are now with it um I miss touring for sure, but I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's taxing on the body. It's a lot. Like you're every night you are, you don't, you know, yeah, you're that 180 tour tour. I like, yeah. I mean, you're, it's crazy. There's pros and cons, obviously, you know, I mean, it's nice just to be, not have to worry about what you're going to eat or where you're going to go. Everyone just tells you what to do. And you know, you have gigs every night and it's super fun. But once you stop, you realize, whoa, what have I been doing? It's like you wake up and you're like, what do you mean? Nine months has gone by. Like you don't even know. Like, you're just like, holy shit. Like I have not stopped. Exactly. You were in a coma in like a musical coma. Right. (laughs) And with that comes like, like you don't sleep you're not eating well you're not like yeah. you know what I mean? you're just not taking care of your body like it's like yeah as much as you try to it's like you're on the go 24 7 it's so hard yeah so yeah i do miss it though i'm not gonna lie right i, I, I absolutely i miss like that being on stage that energy like yeah it's completely different from rocking a crowd right it's like not you can't even compare the two really yeah 
No, you know it's what totally I mean? Different. It's just like, I mean, some, like when you do Bastards Barbecue, people are staring at you and you get to showcase a bit. Right. But it's still like a party. It's not. not yeah. Well, because it's also there's a bunch of you on stage. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. You're like vibing off each other and everybody's like, you know. Yeah. It's really dope. It's really dope. That's true. What um ha- did you have like, well, I was going to ask you if you had like a life changing moment or some type of gig that you felt like, OK, this is taking me to the next level. But I feel like you just kind of told those, a lot of yeah. it. <laughs> so, I mean, that was like everything together. I wanted to ask you about um, some of the other things you do. Um, you're a plant based chef. Am I right yep. about that? OK, so you're vegan. Yep. Um, I assume. From yes. That. And yep. have you been a chef like for a long time the whole time you've been DJing or is that a new thing I mean what is that I'm Italian (laughs) I grew up with like mom cooking in the kitchen so like I just I've always cooked and then like um a few years ago I linked uh I linked my asthma to dairy and gluten oh and so I cut both out and then I just started just like cooking for myself really and then everyone would just be like oh my god your food's so good your food's so good and um it kind of just happened like that. And then yeah. I started like a small business when I was in, uh, I was living in Toronto and I started like a small like jarring business where I would like make food and then people bring the jars back, you know, right. limit waste. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I came out here and I had um, my partner at the time, like found me clients through people she worked with. So I was like, I was cooking a bunch. It's great. It was actually in the, one of them was at the W residency. Oh, here. Like here. That's where we're recording today. So. Yeah. So uh, when I came in today, I was like, oh, I know where this is. Like, um, <laughs> but I've kind of taken a little backseat on that recently just because like DJing and like chef work is like, that's a, that's taxing on the body as well. And it's like, yeah, especially like when I was cooking here, like the, um, they have small kitchens in these places right so it's like i'd have to prep you know you got to buy everything then you yeah. got to prep and then you got to come here and do that it was just it was a lot of time right and like you know the dj money versus the chef money was kind of like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> dj money's better unless you can kind of get a the right really chef good gigs, gig, I guess. yeah so um but yeah i've been getting back into it and i've been talking to a couple friends that are opening a restaurant so we'll see oh that's we'll cool see what we got and you can do a little pop-up or something yeah Something like that. But yeah, still cooking, still doing all that. You got to do a tour where you go cook and then DJ. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The like (laughs) plant-based. Well, it's funny. All my roommates cook too and they're all DJs. I have like three roommates, all DJs. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just like, we need to do this. Like all of us. Yeah, that would be the dopest tour (laughs) ever. People come to our barbecues and they're just like, what is this food? This is not barbecue food. Like we just go all out. So I'm just I mean, especially and then you just had the Bastards barbecue experience. So take that and translate it. Yeah, we could totally You guys could do your own sort of traveling like day (laughs) festival thing where people are eating or healing themselves through food, hearing music. Yeah. That's that's amazing. (laughs) Nice. And are there other things that like you've learned through DJing that you think you could apply in your life or things that you want to do like outside of DJing besides chef and DJ or that's kind of taken up all your time? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been really big into fitness. So, um, you know, a bit of that. Yeah. I think with, with the DJing, especially like, like I said, when we came in, there was a lot of discipline and right. I think that that, that kind of comes with everything else, too. Right, it was like, just practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice. Yeah. It was like minimum three hours a day you practiced. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And I find like a lot of the, you know, people now are just like, I'm not getting good at scratching. And I'm like, well, how long are you practicing? <laughs> yeah, I literally used to practice all morning, all day, yeah. all night. 
I would set up my laptop and plug it into my uh, my mixer, and I had the Cubert do-it-yourself video. Oh, and I wow. would learn like the scratches that way. Yeah, same. I would listen to DJ Premier, anything that I liked the scratch and yeah. just try to imitate it. Over so and I over. think that's probably the best thing I got from DJing was like the discipline, like the amount of hours, like minimum. I would like set a timer, like you're practicing for three hours. Yeah. Every day. Yep. Until- I know. I would even just practice to like a metronome sometimes just yeah. to get that timing. Yeah. Um, and I think people could apply. I mean, now people probably apply that to. Social media, you know, whatever they can put yeah, their time whatever into. Yeah, whatever you're doing, whether you yeah. want to be a tattoo artist or photographer. Right. You but know DJs I mean? have so many different elements in their life that they have to like. Yeah. Put, you know, we never had to worry about that kind of back in the day, I guess. Yeah. Um, what? Um, so, and you were saying before how like the you know the DJ could have been like, "Yo, get out of the way, let a man do this." Like, do you deal with any of that stuff? Um, you know, it's it's definitely not like it used to be it was pretty right. bad yes you know but i mean every especially once in, in our industry right yeah uh you know it was very much like uh like a fraternity yeah you know especially back then and it was like you know a lot of the chicks were coming out and djing were just like the promoter's girlfriend that wanted to learn how to dj so obviously she wasn't good you know right. what i mean so i think girls did get like a lot of flack at like at that but now it's like yo we got a lot of dope female djs oh, so it's like yeah so I think it's like it's it's tempered itself down a bit. I mean, you I mean, you're gonna get that in every industry. I think of still course. to this day. Um, Even in cooking, like everyone's like, "Oh, my mom used to cook," but then when you look at the chefs, there's a dudes. lot of guys. I watched a documentary on that recently. Really? It's on Netflix. I don't know, but it's literally talking about. It's so that, interesting. It's like, it was all about you know women need to be barefoot in the kitchen, but now it's like only the men, chef, the male chef are getting like that recognition. Right. And I feel like it's still even like that. Like, have you ever gone to a sushi? place and never. had a woman sushi chef never i've never life. like that's crazy never. to me why is that that's fucking crazy right I wonder if it's a culture thing or if i it's don't just... know ever like i've I never even thought about that i thought about it one day and now i always think about it i'm like can like women not make sushi no of course not that i mean like that's ridiculous but right. why are they not it must yeah. be some sort of thing in there right a cultural thing I never even thought because in America I feel like there's a lot of great women chefs now and it's becoming just a genderless thing hopefully you know where it's just like what's a great restaurant what's a great chef and same within the DJ thing to a point you know it's always the marketing people oh it's a female it's a male you know it's like whatever are they good or not that sex will always sell yeah but you know like I mean? in some things like that, the That's the food wild. I noticed it's crazy, right? Yeah, there's you know? yeah, like I said, you gotta find that documentary on it. It's really good. Like if there if some woman could come out with a sushi restaurant and like it would kill it, you know what I mean? Bro, like, you're giving me ideas now. Like why is that not <laughs> happening? I mean, it's, well, it's crazy. It's funny actually. Now I think about it. One of my homegirls, she owned a sushi restaurant, but it was in the Virgin Islands, uh-huh. and she's a sushi chef. But okay. that's the only one I've ever met. Yeah, I never. It, my friend I mean, from traveling everywhere to Japan to yeah. all, Miami, here, there. I mean, she's taken all those like sake courses to learn like the different stuff. But right. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's the only one I knew of. That's crazy. They should have one with just uh, women chefs and then all the dudes of the server. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess like, you know, the male chauvinist kind of thing. Like, yeah. I find that more um, m- more in sound guys than even DJs now. That's true. Because uh, a lot of them are just like very old school. Right. And like, uh, I was doing it, it was hysterical. I was doing a lesbian event in... Um, where was it? It was in like Charlotte, North Carolina, just this past yeah. summer, like their pride. And I walk up there and like 
everything. I, I go to set up my Serato box and because um, it was one of the older mixers. And uh, um, anyways, the guy's just like, let me do this. And I was like, bro, <laughs> it's like the little tiny Denon one. Like, I'm like, bro, come on, man. It's like two chords. Like, let yeah. me just set it up. No, 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 no. You got to let me do this. This is my equipment. I can't handle anything getting blown. I'm like, I've been setting up Serato boxes for like over 10 years now. So come on. Whatever. I let him set it up, and like, sure enough, he plugged in everything wrong. Of course, on a thing because <laughs> half of them, like, you know, they can't see. They work right. In the club he's not a it. DJ, yeah, right, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So it's like, yeah. So it was funny because I'm like, I got it got me all like coffee puffy, you know, and I'm right. just like, I need a drink, like da 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 da. Like I'm getting all mad. Like why is this guy gonna tell me? And then he can't even plug it in right. Right. You know, so like, yeah, you'll still you'll still see that, but it's not nearly as bad as I think as it used to be. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, because it was pretty bad before. I'm sure. I mean, it must be hard coming up in that kind of world. You know what I mean? And then, and then I think you just get to a point where you're like, who cares? I'm myself. You know, no matter what right. I am, I'm a DJ. I'm dope. Yeah, but I'm a human. You, you know, know? and there, I'll still get like. I'll get some haters every once in a while yeah. on Instagram, but not like it used to be. If anything, I think it's more like dudes like you. You know what I mean? Right. That I've always been like, well, this is so dope to see someone doing this. And it's yeah. not just cool because she's a girl. She's just good. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Whereas like back then it was like, I think they were just threatened. Yes. You know? It is a threatened thing. And if you look at Instagram, like you said, a lot of these dope videos people repost, it's a lot of times it's girls, you know, young girls. It's uh, crazy. Coming up, you know, with it's these crazy. crazy routines and winning the battles and, yeah. and you know, fr from the battles to the corporate things to all the different aspects. That's what I tell the guys. I'm like, don't get too comfortable. You know, like, Even myself. I'm like, you know, yeah. like, you know, you're pretty good. But like, man, like these girls coming up are right. like so dope. Like, yeah. It's, it's so inspiring to see. It is. You know, because like when I started scratching, there was like a handful of us. Yeah. It was like. Shorty. No, you knew every girl DJ. Yeah, it was like maybe <laughs> Tina T, Step right. One, Supra. Like that was like it. Yeah. Beverly Skills maybe. I like know. There was like a handful. No, now there's a million. Now when I get an email like, do you know any female DJs? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, a billion. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I could give you a crazy list. Yeah. Uh, dope. Well, we got to get some more on here too. We need some, some, I have a lot of ideas, but any okay. recommendations? Yeah, um, yeah. Dope. Well, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. Is there any, like, what else do you have going on? Um, you got your fanny pack thing and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. You have any, like, are you producing at all? You have music coming out? You know, I'm starting to get back into production. Yeah. It took it took a back burner because I was doing the chef stuff and then right. DJing. I was just, like, burnt out. I was like, man. Oh, it's hard. I yeah, because, like, production, you have to, like, really be involved in that. Well, it's just like DJing. You got to work. Yeah, the people that the are really good sat all day, all night, all morning, all, you know, doing yeah. it and getting that experience and going through the journey to get that good. Yeah, so that's kind of the goal is to, like, get back into it. I brought my push last time I went to New York. Um, nice. Went my storage unit and brought my push back. So I'm like, that's kind of like a 2020 goal. Yeah. Right so, now, like, I, I miss it. You know, I do miss it. So yeah. that's uh, that's really it. Mostly that and just doing, um, you know, just trying to get the schedule full. As, yeah. You know, and like. Do you work with a management or booking agency or something? I do. I work with two. I work with a set artist out of New York. And then I also work with Prism, which is a female um, based. Right. So Prism, uh, I've seen them online. They're, it's all female yep. DJs. Yep. Uh, a girl named Tessa runs it. She's fantastic. I absolutely love working with her. Nice. Uh, it's got to be one of the best agencies I've been on. Like it's, it's so 
Amazing. Just easy. She well, she's a DJ too, right? Yeah. So I think when a DJ runs an agency, for the most part, hopefully they know what. Yeah, there's is no missing like, or wrong, right? right? And there's no like, you know, like I've been on some agencies where it's like, you know, the DJ runs it and they're the ones taking your gigs, but not like yeah. this is so chill and there's no conflict of interest. Let's right. put it that way. Like she's so dope, and it's it's a and pleasure. That's hard to do in that, you know, as a DJ running an agency. Right. Probably. I forgot. I was on one back in the day out of Chicago, and I remember the guy would like literally be like. Oh, well, you should just book me, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's so, some old house dude. And then they're using yeah. your contacts, and it's like you don't even feel comfortable. Well, yeah, back in the day. The that's on. why for like a while, a lot of people stopped using DJ or agencies because of that. It's like right. you're giving them your contacts, and then they're putting their DJs yeah. in there. It's whack. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she's, she's a pleasure to work for. So I, I enjoy that. So yeah, I guess, um, you know, just traveling as much as yeah. possible. I know. You know how that goes. It's, I do. It's that travel game. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice. I've been doing some more local gigs lately and like doing like a little more on the corporate side of things. And it's it's kind of been nice to not go to the airport for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know. I don't have to travel for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, right. oh my God, I can actually like set my room up how I want. And... Yeah. It's been like a month for me. I'm like, oh my God. I oh, actually man. live in Los Angeles. I just got off like a month run, like of just nonstop. We got yeah. back like Sunday night. So I'm like, I was oh, I back saw in that. my I saw house. You in Hawaii. Yeah, like Monday, yesterday. I was like, oh my God, who am I? Like, I don't even know yeah. where anything is or what. It's like, yeah. It's just hard to get back into your headspace, you know? Yeah. It's like you get caught up in like that living in a suitcase life. I know. You have any like tricks for that? Like you meditate or any like. Exercise. I try to work out. I have to Working exercise. Out. If I don't exercise and I have to have like at least like one day like kind of off, I try to get just like one day because yeah. it's like, you know, with clubs and stuff and promoters and Yeah, you don't want to turn stuff down. But. Right. And like they want you to drink with them. They want you to party with them. Yes. So like you have to really learn discipline too to say no to these people because it's like, bro, I got, I got shows the next six nights. Like I can't, I know. you know. I know. Do you drink or smoke when you DJ or? Oh, I drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like I used to, obviously, but yeah, I like to, have, you know, I'll have a drink or yeah. two. I know some people like to be like straight ahead, but you know, but for it's the a, most part, a lot of DJs drink when they DJ unless yeah. they're like, they've gone sober. Right, right, right. But it's nice to have one to kind of like ease. I know. You just kind of get, exactly, ease the nerves. Yeah, but like getting, getting sloshed, the same no. mind state as the crowd. Yeah. Getting like Vegas drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go see Qbert tomorrow night in Vegas, actually. Nice. Oh, is he uh, on the record or whatever? Uh, I think he's on the record. Yeah, I'm going to this holiday party, and there's going to be a bunch of dope. Bobby Condors and Mel Star and Qbert. So oh, that's fresh. I'll try to head out there with Steve Wonder. And oh, dope. Tell Steve I said what up. I will. Got to get him on the show sometime. Yeah, he's fresh. Yeah, dope. Well, shoot. I mean, we've, we've said it all. I think yeah. we've said a lot here. We're there. Um, I mean, there's a ton more we want to talk about, but um, I think that's it. And DJ Analyze, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Really appreciate it. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Hit us up. How do they find you on social media and all that? Um, just Analyze on Instagram. Okay. No DJ, just Analyze. No, just Analyze. Two ends. Okay, look her up. We'll put it in the in the in the uh, you know summary her her thing. Find me on there at DJ Spider D J S P I D E R, and we will see you next week on the Twenty Podcast. Peace.